0: Well, good morning once again. My name is John Perzina. Pastor Joe is preaching at Plymouth this morning, and I have the honor and privilege of sharing God's word with you this morning. If you would open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26. As we look at a very dramatic story this morning, um, I, I don't know how, how you are when, when we read Scripture together, but sometimes I had the, the privilege of being in it all week. The drama that unfolds this morning is, is incredible. Judas, who sold Jesus for 30 pieces of si- silver, 30 pieces of silver was what was given to the owner of a slave if that slave was gorged by a bull. That's all. 30 pieces of silver is about four months' wage. It's not a whole lot. And yet, because of Judas's greed, selfish ambition, his devilish plan to somehow conspire with all the people that he gathered and say, you know, Jesus, you are going to set up the kingdom of Israel, aren't you, politically? You are going to overthrow Rome, are you not, Jesus? Because that's the only thing I believe in you, is that you will overthrow Rome. You will be a political ruler, Messiah, Jesus. Judas was filled with Satan and his diabolical plan was filled and fulfilled as the disciples slept at Gethsemane. You see, while they slept, he was busy devilishly calling all the elders together. See, this took a plan. He was planning. He had to talk to Caiaphas. He had to talk to the chief priests. He had to talk to the elders of the people. And he had to talk to the crowd to get them together because he was looking for an opportunity. That's what, that's what the scriptures teach. He was looking for an opportunity in verses prior to betray Jesus and that it was it. And so while the disciples were sleeping, Judas was working his devilish plan to betray Jesus. Man, we pick it up at verse 47, Matthew 26. After the third time the disciples were found falling asleep, Jesus says, While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived with him. And with him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi. And kissed him. Verse 50 says, Jesus replied, Friend, do what you came to do. The drama begins. The crowd had to arrive at night because if they saw Judas' betrayal during the daytime, the millions of people that love Jesus would not take it and a riot would happen. Judas means praised. One of the 12, A large crowd. They came with swords and clubs. The crowd, I learned, was about a thousand people. And they came with swords. And they came with clubs. To go after Jesus. About a thousand people. At night. It was very dark. They had lanterns. They had torches. To fulfill the plan. Look at the gall already of Jesus ordering people around. You see, Judas had to go to Pilate, the governor, in order to get the police, the armed guards, to be here that night. It was a lot of work. This scheme took a lot of work, folks. Got all the people together and starts ordering them now. You could see, you could see proud Judas just just heading the crowd. He's in front of everybody. He's got the torches around because it's night. And there you see the disciples and their faces you really couldn't make out too well without the torches, without the lights. Judas said, the one I kiss, arrest him. Who is he to give orders? Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, greetings, rabbi. The word greetings there? Man, it's supposed to be a, a, a familiar, loving greeting here. Not so. It's a greeting of betrayal. And he called him rabbi. The followers of a rabbi were not the ones to greet the rabbi first. The rabbi greeted his students first. He's out of line again. And he kissed him. In biblical times, there were three, three occasions for a kiss. A slave would kiss his master's feet. A subordinate might kiss a hand of a person that's above them. And equals would kiss. What do you think this was? Come on. Greetings, Rabbi. I love you. No, it wasn't. It's a kiss of betrayal. Verse 50 says, Jesus replied, friend, do what you came for. In the Greek, it says, let's get this over with. Let's get this over with. Could you imagine the pain of Jesus' heart right now, knowing he was going to be betrayed? This is all prophesied. Jesus read this. It's in the New Old Testament that doesn't lessen, folks, listen to this, the humanity of Jesus Christ at this point doesn't lessen the pain. Have you been betrayed? What's that feel like? Adults, maybe a spouse left you? Boss ridiculed you and and betrayed you? Students, have you ever been Betrayed at school by a teacher or a close friend. You, you have a confidant, and you share the closest thing with them, and they betray you, and they lie to you, and they tell other people about your deepest secrets. I remember when I was a youth pastor one time, uh, we were doing this in a Sunday school class, and I actually had a police officer come into the Sunday school classroom and arrest me. In front of my students, It was 9:30 in the morning, I remember. It was a Sunday morning, and I'm up on the board, I'm, I'm drawing something, I'm, my back is to the, to the students, and I'm drawing something, and all of a sudden, my friend Virgil Growen comes in, bursts open the door, and says, "I'm looking for Pastor John." And I turned around and said, uh, "I'm Pastor John. Are you preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ here?" I said, "Yes, yes, I am." Virgil came in, you guys, took me by the hands, and he escorted me across the classroom, and I hit a door, you know, and he put cuffs on me, and one of my students, I forget her name now, you guys, but she had a cast on, I remember, she just joined our group, just joined our group, right? Started falling in love with Jesus, and it was just terrifying. She goes, what are you doing? What are you going with him? While another student of mine, I remember his name, his name was Billy Gamble. He goes, "Uh, nah, I know that cop. This is all made up. This is all made up. I know him. He goes to our church. But the terror of that young girl, why are you taking him away? He's our youth pastor. Peter. here comes our Peter. The Bible says that the police, the soldiers came forward and actually touched and arrested Jesus. They tied him up. And our very impatient Peter, right, who said, I'm, Lord, I'm not going to deny you. You know, everybody else will, but I'm not. And he took a sword. It was really a dagger, you guys. It was a dagger, probably about this size. Now, remember, Peter was a fisherman. He was not skilled in martial arts. He was not skilled in this at all, right? So he takes the sword, which is really a dagger, and goes off and cuts off the ear of Malchus. John chapter 18 says that he cut off the servant's ear. You see, Peter was going for the throat, but he missed. Once again, our very impatient. Oh, I'll get those guys. Then I'm going to take my Jesus. He's not going to die. He didn't get it. Look at verse 52 with me. Verse 52 says, Jesus said this Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who would draw the sword will die by the sword. And then, look, f- verse 53, check this out. Listen to this. Do you think I cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must say that it happens this way? So here's Jesus saying to Peter, hey, man, put your sword back. No, 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 no. Christianity is not violent. That's not how you do it. Oh, so question. Did you ever do this? It's like, okay. Where did Peter get the sword? Luke chapter 22 verse 39 says that Jesus, after the second time he sent his disciples out, right? He said, "The first time I said, don't take a tunic with you, don't get any extra coats, don't take, go, don't go to McDonald's, you know, don't put uh, heavy artillery with you, or anything like that. Don't carry anything with you. But this time, Jesus said, if you have two North Face coats, sell one and buy a sword." Hmm. Luke 22:39. Check it out. Not right now, but so Jesus said, you know what, um, disciples, I want you to protect yourselves. That's where the sword came from. But it was never meant to be used for violence, especially cutting off Malchus's ear. No. Um, Question I have, I don't know about you, but why wasn't Peter arrested then? By the way, Jesus took that ear and he healed it. Right there, once again, proving that he's God. Incredible stuff. You know what verse 53 tells me? I should tell you the same thing, that Jesus was in control. Peter, I got this. Now, by this time, did Peter um, and the disciples have any sleep? Yes. Were they tired? Of course they were tired. Did Jesus have any sleep? It doesn't say that he slept. Jesus was getting a little bit tired here from a human perspective. Once again, let's talk about the humanity of Jesus. And yet, he had the composure of God-man to say, Peter, it's enough. Put that thing back. No more of this. Don't you know that I could call twelve legions of angels. Approximately 72,000 angels. To help me right now, these angels could subdue the men. They could subdue the crowd easily. But look at the next part of the confidence in God's word that Jesus had. Look at this. Look at verse 54. But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that it must happen this way? So Jesus had a confidence in God's word and what it said and believed and said, No, this is gonna happen. I got this. As dramatic, as hurtful as it is, I got this. My friends, Jesus was in charge the whole time. He was in charge the whole time. Now we need to go to the scripture where the suffering servant is portrayed, because uh, I was researching this, and I asked myself the question, Jesus said, the Scriptures, the Scriptures, the Prophets, the Scriptures, right? And this season, folks, if there's one piece of Scripture that would really remind us and take home the suffering of Jesus, it would be Isaiah 53. Turn to Isaiah 53 with me in your Bibles. Isaiah 53. What scripture was Jesus talking about that this was prophesied? There were many, there were many, many prophecies about Jesus, um, everything about his life, his burial, his resurrection, all that stuff in the Old Testament, right? But the one that talks about the suffering, the passion, by the way, the word passion means more than uh, excitement for a hobby or uh, what two intimate lovers do. The word passion can also mean suffering and indeed this is what jesus went through our series is called destiny what's jesus destiny but it includes that word passion and those of you that saw the passion of the christ especially that 12 minute flogging scene which i do not recommend for children by the way hideous suffering bloody brutal read with me psalm Um, Isaiah chapter uh, 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that he would desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, like one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We are like sheep have gone astray. Each of us turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid us all on him, the iniquity of us all, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was, like, he was led like a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. And he goes on. Continue to read that today if you have a chance as the drama unfolds. So here we have Judas' betrayal of Jesus with that deadly kiss. Peter coming forth, I got this, Lord. You're not going to die. I'll take care of that guy. Watch. He's aiming for his head. Got to his throat. Jesus said, I got this. I'm in charge. Why? Because the scriptures say so. verse 55 at that time Jesus said to the crowd, "Am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me every day did not I sit in the temple courts teaching and you didn't arrest me once again look at the look at the look at the um, reliance on God's word that Jesus had here look at that next sentence again but this has all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled Jesus kind of puts it on them hey 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 Why didn't you arrest me before? When I was teaching in the temple courts, I was among you guys. This time, if you notice here, it says he turned to the crowds. Not the soldiers. He turned to the crowds. Hey, I was with you guys. Why did you wait? Once again, pointing to scripture. Verse 57, those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas. Oh, boy, here we go. So many things are done wrong. In these next verses, you guys, according to Jewish tradition and law, right? Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders had assembled. Once again, because of Judas's doing, he had to arrange this, okay? Why was that wrong? First of all, you don't have a court session at night. Ever in that system. You don't do this at night. Uh uh. You don't do this at night, okay? And you never have a criminal hearing outside of the temple courts. And there was a third reason. The third reason was that you never made a criminal decision the day of. You needed at least two days. They broke all that. You know why? Because they were afraid. They were afraid of Jesus' popularity and they were afraid that the crowds consisting of the other thousands of people that was there was the Feast of Passover would have a riot. They would riot and Jesus could be free. They were scared. Fear. Fear. But Peter, (laughs) leave it to him, right? Look at that. Look at verse 58. But Peter followed him at a distance right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. All right. This, at this point, we know Jesus. Uh, Peter's getting kind of weak here. He's, he's seeing what Jesus has, has been through. It's, it's getting to him. Uh, he sat, you guys, with the guards. When you're weak in your faith, it is not good to hang out with those people that hate Jesus. When you're weak, when you're inconsistent, this was not a good move. He hung out with the people that brought him down. And I believe it's part of what led Peter say what he had to say to the crowd. Look at this. The chief priests and the whole Sandrina were looking for false evidence against Jesus that he could put him to death. Man, they were looking to him for straws, but they did not find anything. There were many other false witnesses came forward. This is a night of lying. The drama continues to build. Finally, two came forward and declared, this fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and rebuild it in three days. Really? Is that what Jesus said? He's talking about his own body and his resurrection not the stone temple. Then the high priest stood up and said to Jesus, are you not going to answer here? Uh Uh-huh, what did we learn that from? Isaiah 53 said, Jesus is quiet. What is the testimony these men are bringing against you? But Jesus remained silent. The high priest said to him, I charge you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the son of God. Jesus said, yes. It is as you say. Jesus replied, but I say to all of you in the future, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and coming on the clouds of heaven. Once again, declaring his deity and he is in control. Jesus is in control the whole time. It doesn't eliminate his human emotions and feelings of betrayal. See what happens next. Then the high priest, in ter- you got, he tore his clothes and said, he has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need more witnesses? Look now, you have heard his testimony. What do you think? By the way, he had no right to say that. Told you they couldn't accuse him. He is worthy of death, they answered. Then they spit in his face. Here we go. Here comes the suffering. Here comes the passion. Then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists. Others slapped him. That word slapped could also mean hit with a club. Imagine getting hit in the face with one of these. Just a piece of wood, but in the face, bam. This is what Jesus went through. He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Don't forget, the whole reason Jesus did did this is for you, and I so we don't have to Jesus in the garden of gethsemane was sweating drops of blood he was bruised he was pierced why because of the wrath of god punishing sin was going to come upon him the physical result of this is secondary but the wrath of god would punish christ for our behalf then they spit in his face and struck him with their fists or they slapped him and said prophesy to our christ who hit you Now Peter, moving back a little bit, all the pieces of scripture say that Peter was sitting by a fire. Here, look at this, now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came to him. You're also Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Then he went out to, to the gateway, moving away from the fire, moving out of the light so people couldn't see him, they couldn't recognize him. He was trying to hide from the public because of his denial of Jesus. Did you ever do that? People are talking about Jesus, and you're like, "Um, I don't know what to say. People are saying, you know how the world's going to hell? The government's messed up. Everybody, look at the crime rate. It is so despicable. This country is really, and you and I are quiet. Because they're asking, what is the answer? The answer to the gun problem in, the, in, in America and the world is not gun control, it's Jesus, man. It's Jesus. People have empty hearts. There is no God. And oftentimes we're just quiet. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. Sorry. No, man. We need to be bold and speak up, not hide away in the dark. John, 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 John. What would you do? that was asking me this week, what would I do? I don't know. What would you do? If push came to shove and you were in Peter's situation here, I don't know what you're talking about, he said. Verse 71. Then he went out to the gateway. so saw another girl, and, 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 and more people were sitting there. This fellow was with was Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. In God's name, I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there up to Peter and said to him, whoa, 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 whoa. Now they started coming up to him. That's freaky, right? Would that scare you? It would scare me. Are you one of those Christians? Uh, wait, give me time to process this. Surely you're one of them because, I love this next part, your accent gives you away. Dude, you're like from Galilee, and we're like Jerusalem people, and you like talk funny, right? If you you take a New Yorker and sit him down in a restaurant in South Carolina, tell him you're not going to pick out his accent, right? So here's Peter, right? Then he began to call down curses on himself, and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Darn it. Oh, oh, the pity. You know what Jesus said at this point? He goes, I think you've had enough. He doesn't say that, but Peter, you've had enough. Why do I say that and think that? Look what happens next. Then Peter remembered the words Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Luke 22.61 says that at this point, right before the last sentence, right, while Jesus, they tied Jesus up. Church, they tied him up. They tied our Lord up who committed no sin ever in his life. They tied him up like a criminal. They tied him up. And he was standing before the people like this. And I have a feeling that somewhere, I don't know where he was, it doesn't say, but Jesus' eyes and Peter's eyes met. And Jesus looked at him. But it wasn't, I told you so. Did not tell you you going to deny me, loser. Peter, I love you. Peter, this is for you. Peter, I love you. Is Jesus telling us the same thing today? Dale Carnegie, author and speaker, once wrote, two men looked out of a prison bars. One saw the mud, the other saw stars. Both men, exactly the same place experienced the same thing. They witnessed miracles. They listened to divine wisdom. They were personally called to follow Jesus. They were personally trained by God himself in the flesh. They were told profound truths only for them. They were taught how to live out Jesus' commands, and they did so. They witnessed Jesus' answer every question. Were given divine authority, listen to this one, to raise the dead, heal the sick, and drive out demons. Even Judas did that in Jesus' name, not of his own power. They were both preachers. They were both taken over to take up Satan's cause. They both betrayed him and both agonized. One ended tragically, the other in true repentance. So you might say, well... We may be thinking, um, why did Peter go through this, and why did Jesus allow, check this out, God's in control, why did Jesus allow Peter to fail so miserably and deny his precious Lord three times? Why did that happen? Jesus showed Peter that Satan asked for permission to sift him like wheat in Luke chapter 22: 31, folks, it says that Jesus could have easily protected Peter and not allow Satan to sift him, but Jesus had a higher goal. And this is the goal. Remember, he was equipping Peter to strengthen his brothers, Luke 22:32. So Peter not only strengthened his brothers, but he became a pillar in the church, and Peter continues to strengthen you and I today when we read his epistles. 1st and 2nd Peter. And with all our failures, folks, let's let's get personal here, right? Including his three denials. Jesus turns Simon, a common man with a common name, into Peter the rock. And today Jesus looks at us and offers himself For our condition, which is sin, let's take it one step deeper. We could deny the cross when we think of Jesus as simply our example of godly living, then our substitute to trust Him totally. We could be denying the cross when we believe, even for a nanosecond, that our obedience earns anything from God. We we deny the cross. It's not about us. Jesus did it all. When we believe the accusations and condemning lies of Satan, we're denying the cross. It's not enough. The Bible says you're a new creature. You're complete. You're holy and blameless. When we live with a critical spirit towards others and remember their sins against them, we're denying the cross. We're denying what Jesus taught us. When we wallow in self-contempt and shame we deny the cross and yet Jesus said doesn't have to be come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden my yoke is easy, my burden is light I am meek and gentle in heart and I will give rest for your souls you guys it's all good news let's learn from the example of Peter when we're in a crowd let's learn not to be quiet, speak up I had an opportunity to to share with um, a young man in a pet store yesterday. Actually, two young men in in Stockville. It was really cool. I gave one of them a tract last week, and I came back. I said, hey, man. I said, did you read that little booklet I gave you about Jesus forgiving your sins? He goes, "Uh, yeah. And and I'm still kind of thinking about it. I said, good, dude. Think about it. When you have questions, let me know. And the other young man at at the store said, hey, aren't you Dan Prezina's dad? Mr. Perzina? I'm like, yeah, (laughs) I graduated with your son. And he said he was a Christian too. We could be like Peter. We denied the Lord every day. True repentance. Peter went and wept bitterly. Genuine repentance. Didn't end so well with Judas, did it? It was tragic, and he messed that up as well. Let's pray for the Holy Spirit to teach us what we need to do with this. There's one interpretation of Scripture, but many applications. So let's pray as a team. God, thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the blundering idiot of Peter, because we are Peters in different times of our lives, Lord. Thank you for your forgiveness, which is real. It's effective. It's powerful. It's life-changing. And Father, forgive us when we're quiet in front of other people because of what you've done for us. God, teach us to represent you, to talk about you, and make much of you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's continue worshiping in songs of response.